Hi, it's Elizabeth and Lee. And this is our first podcast since COVID really started. We had the sixth thing. Mm-hmm. And now Lee and I were just saying we really kind of thought at that time we'd be hugging each other in a month. Yeah. And we were wrong. Wrong. But anyway, it's Friday. And this is my favorite topic. <laughs> yes. Here we go. So your favorite topic is stances. Stances. And we're doing the withdrawing stance today. So I love I love We've it. We've got the trio of withdrawers here. Mm-hmm. Four, five, and nine. And um, when we say oftentimes, you know, doing the work or use, really utilizing the Enneagram as a tool, you know, you can have tons of knowledge about it. You can know all the things, mm-hmm. all the nooks and crannies, but for both of us, this has been the magic. Absolutely. This is the work. So it's, it is fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of fun. So just um, a quick review. Uh, stances is what we're, we're going to talk about today, specifically about the withdrawing stance, but just want to catch you up or remind you that stances are determined by what, um, which of the three centers of intelligence is which one is repressed? So um, there are three centers of intelligence, thinking, feeling, and doing, uh, head, heart, gut, um, that, that are there. And then um, for each of us, one of those is underdeveloped. And so we're all a little off balance because of our personality and the way that we just kind of knee-jerk make our way through the world. Um, so for the withdrawing stance... Um, we are um, making our way through the world without um, bringing our whole selves to the table, basically, by not showing up and doing or mm-hmm. doing productively. So the withdrawing stance is... Uh, I mean, I think you could say that about er- everyone, well, everyone is not showing up yes. entirely. And I was thinking about, if you go back and listen to kind of the when we're talking about the ways that you sabotage, basically your Enneagram number does sabotage your wholeness in a way, right? So this, this is the, the way, um, once you recognize how, how you're sabotaging what Mm. you want, this is the way that you, um, can show up more fully, that you can be more whole. And I think, uh, I don't know if it's David White who says, um, for him, it all boils down to how willing we are to be here. And that we should always be asking ourselves how willing we are to be here. And so I think bringing up your repressed center allows you to be more willing to be here. Yeah. Yeah. And it it's magic. Mm-hmm. It's really magic. So just a few, a few things about there are two other stances. Um, the dependent stance, which is thinking repressed. And those are two sixes and ones. And then the aggressive stance feeling repressed or and those are for the three six seven and eight excuse me so we'll we'll do a continual podcast and dive deep into each of those stances but today we're only going to be talking about withdrawing um so your three centers of intelligence uh, probably somewhere along the way your childhood woundedness which we've talked about in the um previous podcast one of your centers just kind of steps back, right? To make 
for you, however you think you need to make your way in the world, you think you can do it with just two of the centers, basically. You know, that you, you're you going to protect that piece of you. And so it just kind of steps back, I think, as part of your wounding. Um, and then you become unbalanced. Uh, Suzanne likes to say you're like a three-legged stool with a really short leg. And you can't... You can't be grounded fully without working all three parts of, of who you are, your head, your heart, and your, your body, your gut, your doing. So we end up re- interpreting life, interpreting reality with really just two centers. The exception will be the 369 triangle, which we probably should just do it, its own podcast about. I think we should, yeah. Um, because it's a little confusing because they are both dominant and uh, repressed in the same center. And I'll talk a little bit about that as my experience as a nine, but um, it's, a, it's a little a little confusing. So basically, I, I think developing your repressed center is your lifelong work. And there's always work to do. Um, I just, we talked the other night at our number night about how we were observing ourselves during this time of pandemic and just how new stuff or really, I guess the same old stuff, <laughs> same old stuff. Just, just being aware and catching yourself and then bringing up, you know, your repressed center is the same work during this time as it was before, as it will be. It puts it a little this. bit into a stark relief because you yeah. keep hearing about, you know, Groundhog Day and the anxiety people have with like day, day after day after day. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is life is like that. that is life, life is always like that. And there's no uh, exactly like real reason why you should feel that life is more repetitive now or more uh, frightening because we don't understand the future because we don't ever understand the future you know right so uh, it puts into a, a more stark relief the the things that we are unsettled with in our everyday with like the ways in which we are in, unsettled with ourselves and so in some ways it's very interesting to do enneagram work in this time because you can see you can see that the the, the compulsive things you do every day to not be settled within yourself and you're not, you know, who you are. Yeah. I was like, just how far away am I from you right now? How long? I would say we are, uh, 10 feet apart. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I just had a sadness. Like I can, I probably should put my glasses on. We're we're usually cuddled on the couch together. I can't touch you. And just, Oh, I can see you better though with my glasses, but just that change, you know, and, um, then so how how do how do we connect and yeah how do I see you so anyways just got a little a little sad a little tender mm. um, so all all of us in the withdrawing stance are doing repressed and how we learn to bring up doing is going back to the very beginning is observing yourself so unless you can see what you're up to. You, you can't change what you're doing. So I will repeat, Suzanne Stabile, you will always see the way that you see, um, but you can change what you do with what you see, right? So you, you'll always see the same. Um, but if you are not aware of how you're seeing, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. So I can say all day long that I'm a nine because I took a test, 
But then if I never observe myself, it it doesn't do any good. Right. I just kind of s- swim along, float down the river right. uh, without even realizing uh, what I'm up to. Mm-hmm. So you have to observe yourself. And uh, one way to say it, you would observe yourself of where you fall down again and again or where you have kind of these knee-jerk reactions where your number is really at work, right? Where it's mm-hmm. really where you catch yourself again and again. And we'll go over some of those kind of ideas about what to look for, what you might be doing as a four or five or nine, kind Mm -hmm. of habitually. Mm -hmm. And then the more you do that, you can hopefully choose something different or train yourself to, to know that there is another way. And for all of us, it has to do with doing, right? When we catch ourselves. So let's start with just a general description of withdrawing stance. And this might not apply to every single uh, four, five, and nine, but it, I think it gives you a good glimpse of the energy and kind of what, what we're up to mm-hmm. um, being doing repress. So uh, the withdrawing stance is past-oriented. And we think that's because you don't need to do anything in the past. <laughs> We are. We like to ponder. We like to uh, ruminate um, and be inside of ourselves. And we, our, our focus can be backwards, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so, orientation of time is the past. Thinking and feeling, we we think for all of us feel a little less um, dangerous than doing or productive doing because it's a nine. I'm kind of doing all kinds of stuff, but not doing what I need to be doing. Mm-hmm. So um, it and it fours feels and a little fives less, are kind of doing what they want to do. Yeah, right. Yeah, all of us are in a way. Yeah, I yeah. Suppose. I suppose. I suppose. So. Yeah, but. Um, when Alabelle heard us say that the other night at number night, she was just like, thank God, she's not that. Like, you know, as a three, she was oh, just like, she, yeah. thinking and feelings feels less dangerous. She's like, what? No way. I whatever. know. Isn't that funny? Weird. She's like, if you can't do, what's the point? <laughs> the point of all of this. Um, reference point for uh, the withdrawing stance for all of us is inside of ourselves. So we have big fat interior castles. We... Um, develop an entire world in ourselves. Um, so it's that's a very real part of who we are. And it makes a lot of sense about why we don't do a lot on the outside sometimes, right? right? We spend a lot of time cultivating our interior life. This group can be dissatisfied with their own life because we don't know how to act on our own behalf. So that there's always a little something missing in different ways for all of us mm-hmm. because we're not good at doing. Mm-hmm. We don't know. I think that, like, you know, in stark relief, again, to the aggressive stance, uh, the aggressive stance is kind of jumping into things uh, without, real, like, whether they should or shouldn't necessarily. And I think we're the opposite of that. There are times when we should be jumping into things and we're – it doesn't occur to us, all four of us, in different way, all three of us, four, fives, and nines. It doesn't occur to us to jump into things. Um, we lack agency. We lack the the realization that we are that it's ours to do. Um, exactly. So, and at the end of the day, 
regardless of how intricate our interior world is, not being connected, not having agency, it's going to, something's going to be missing. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is that dissatisfaction. Mm-hmm. But learning to listen to that and know that there's another way to not, to not withdraw more, to make it go away. You know, mm-hmm. my knee-jerk reaction is to numb out even more to mm-hmm. make that dissatisfaction go away, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But the antidote is yes. to do it, yes, to get it's out the there, antidote. right? Yes. You know, it's not... Yeah, I mean, I think, I think what's really important is that shame for four is healed by doing. Mm-hmm. Fear for a five is healed by doing. And... Anger for a, I'm like, what? <laughs> Anger for a nine is healed yeah. by doing. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's, it's true. the antidote, as it you really say. Is. I like it. Um, another kind of generality about all of us is that we uh, withdraw from what needs to be done. Uh, we like to do what we want to do, um, <laughs> not necessarily what needs to be done. And oftentimes it is because we're because we're so not great at acting on our own behalf where it doesn't occur to us in different ways what needs to be done or we can't always see it mm-hmm. because of our Enneagram type, the way that we're used to making our way through the world until we start bringing up doing, we might not even see what we, what what could we be can the other. do or, mm-hmm. or that it's ours to do. Yeah. yeah. Our reference point uh, for what needs to be done may not be the same as what others see needs to be done. And Mm. I think this was from your notes. Do you have anything? Well, I mean, I I can just say that this morning I was on a Zoom. I have a Zoom Friday call with my nuclear family. And my mom, who's a seven, kept going, so did, honey, did, did Henry get that job at H-E-B? Did he apply? Did he apply? And I just kept going, no, no. Was he thinking about it? And I'm like, no, no. And I just, I, finally I just said, Mom, I know that you would have applied for that job like a month ago. But he hasn't done it, you know. <laughs> and um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that probably a lot of the other numbers get um, a little frustrated with withdrawing numbers about our time frame on doing things. Yeah. Um, our time frame is seems slow to the rest <laughs> of the numbers. Because it is. Because it is. Because it is. Yeah. 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 That's a good example. Um, so kind of another way to say that is that until we do our work, we rarely take the initiative to do something about something. Yeah. So get a job. <laughs> do the thing that any, anyone else would do naturally, right? Yeah. Just, you know. She's just like, is there a reason he hasn't applied? No. I'm like, no, no. can't think of one. No. We have the internet. We have the, it's online. Yeah. Um, we don't put ourselves in situation where, let's see, they don't think to put themselves in a situation. It doesn't occur to them that there is a place for them in this situation. Which... What does it, that mean? Um, I think I'm just... That's probably me just being with my four-ish language. I'm sorry. Okay. It's just, uh, it's just again, just not seeing where your place is in it, even when it is. Um, in this situation. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, 
it's you know that old story of Suzanne where Joe didn't translate for the people who needed someone to translate into Spanish and he was standing there and he speaks Spanish but it didn't occur to him that he could do it or you and I being uh, apprentices for three years under Suzanne and it's been how many years since then and it's never occurred to us to do this Right. And how many times do people come up to us and say, are you going to teach? Yeah. Yeah. And we just, it doesn't, doesn't, not only does it not occur to us, but we don't see that we're, you know, the ones to do it. That there even is a situation. Yeah. Or that we're qualified. Right. Even though we, we, you know, heck, we studied for three years, you know, so, but it doesn't occur to us. Um, and I, I have to say, I'm going to, I'm going to riff a little bit on that and I'm not trying to sound righteous or like I'm awesome or anything, but yes, we're annoying because we do things slow and yes, we're withdrawing and all that's super annoying and I get it. But when a withdrawing number does decide to go do something like when we're doing a podcast and Nathaniel did midterms matter, when we do decide to do something, Watch we're out. qualified. Well, Watch we're we we've done the work, you know, because yeah. it doesn't ever occur to us to do it. So when we finally do do it, we're not, you know, we're not someone who read a book and then decided to go teach a class. Right. We're not. That's not who we are. Yeah. Yeah. It that's a different would, stance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it actually might. Uh, we could use a little bit of that. We could you know? use a little bit of that. There could be a little more, uh, a little more, a more of that. Yeah. yeah. So let's see. There's also for all of us that this whole um, a way to define doing repress is not knowing to act on our own behalf, which mm-hmm. I think you just explained agency. that. But that's yeah. another way of talking about it. So agency yeah, initiative. Those are um, all my little, sorry, just different ways of talking that's about okay. that. Yeah. That's okay. Um, I think, and I, I just think, I think different languages, um, that's good. Um, anything that we've missed there? I really like um, when doing repressed, stamina, determination, self-confidence, and self-assurance are unavailable. And that's a Suzanne quote. And mm-hmm. I think, like what you said earlier about mm-hmm. the antidote thing, and and how I was saying yeah. doing heals all of our stuff. That's the way that we're compulsive in our number and, and therefore repressed in doing really contributes to the fact that we don't have this assurance and this determination and satisfaction and with what what we've accomplished. Right. 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 Or to even think like I'm thinking about that that we even have the energy or the oomph to like stamina to once we start to finish or to, yeah. to actually yeah. do it right um and follow through on it yeah and finish it yeah. yeah put it out there in the world yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um that's a constant battle in me mm-hmm. certainly mm-hmm. Um, um so i think that's i think that's good okay. yeah um I mean, I think I think the other thing too about like your repressed center being your most pure mm-hmm. is really good too because um, so it stood down early, it stepped back because it got wounded in some way, and we kind of tucked it away, and so um, our doing is our most pure. It's our most immature. It's our least used, but when we develop it 
and it it's immature and awkward at first, it mm-hmm. has a real purity. And I think one of the things Suzanne talks about is when you when you develop your repressed center, that pure part once you get past awkwardness because you've been practicing is the it that's the best thing you have to offer the world yeah so it's pretty exhilarating yeah when i I am because it's undamaged yeah it's an undamaged part of you and there is something at least for me that feels child a little childlike Mm -hmm. i mean there is the doing about doing the um what needs to be done Mm mm-hmm in the house and just task and that sort of thing. But for me as a nine, when I do what I desire to do, yes. I mean, it just feels, yes, it's, it yeah. feels very, very childlike to me and yeah. so fun yeah, so, and it's, exhilarating and scary and all the things. Yeah. Um, it's like the, it's the Mary Oliver, just, uh, yeah. you don't have to be good. You just have to love what you love. Yes. Let the love what you love. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I'm going to talk about fours. Boy, I love doing it. Okay, um, so first, for each number, we're going to talk about kind of observing yourself and your own personality. So for fours, observing themselves in their number. Um, Observing where your attention naturally goes. For fours, their attention naturally goes to what is missing. And that, uh, for me, happens all the time in that, say... Eight people come to dinner at my house, and one person doesn't say something about my art, and seven people say awesome things about my art. I focus on the one person that didn't say something about my art. So I naturally focus on the thing that is missing instead of the thing that was there for me, Um, which makes fours act very victim-y a lot. Um, They, and the, playing the victim... Um, feeds into their sense of their abandonment, which is that childhood thing, and self-exceptionalism, that no one understands you. And so I think for fours, it's super important when you catch yourself being victim-y, looking for the thing that's lost, looking for the things that's missing, looking for the ways in which people don't understand you, looking for the ways in which you are, um, the rules don't apply to you, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is just try to catch that and see that and stop. Um, yeah. Also, fours, because we're um, living in the past and we're feeling dominant, we tend to lament and <laughs> ruminate. Um, and you had written in your notes, uh, Lee, that we lament and ruminate things that were not that are not the right things to lament and ruminate or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And I took it out because I'm like... <laughs> All lamenting and ruminating is not the right thing, right? Because all lamenting and ruminating is stuff that's already happened Look at that you. you can't do a damn thing about, right? How about that? So I'm like, there is no right. There is no right, right way to rem- <laughs> lament or ruminate. All lamenting and ruminating is bad. Look at that. I mean, I'm not sitting here saying we shouldn't grieve, you know. A death or sadness or sure. real loss in your life. But, but just your natural inclination to what you're lamenting. Yeah. Your natural inclination to play over the bad thing that happened today. The thing that you could have done better. The what you said to somebody. All those things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, 
So uh, this is true of all the withdrawing stance, but you tend to do what pleases you instead of what needs to be done. I mean, I think that's true for all of us. It's maybe a little, it's a little more obviously um, self-obsessed with fours. I mean, it's kind of more obvious that we're like doing what pleases us, right? Yeah, I think the word pleases is real will connect more like, with a four. Mm, I don't probably for Nathaniel and I that word is not what we would use. I mean, maybe, but I would think that would ring true. Okay, fours. yeah, for sure it does, yeah. and um, we don't want to admit that probably because it, you know. We, we're trying, you know, we don't want to be self-obsessed, but we, we are, we tend to be. Um, so, and ruminating on what might've been, which is just another way of talking about ruminating, um, playing out different scenarios, what might've been, how it could have gone differently. Um, again, just try to, try to stop. Um, so fours have a well-developed and vast interior landscape and, um, that's part of their part of their juice and part of what makes them interesting, but they get trapped in there. Um, and I'll t- I'll uh, I mean I'm trying to think if I should. I mean that I think the main thing to say about that is that we spend so much time decorating that interior landscape and thinking about it and having feelings about it that. We're not actual. We're not actualizing mm-hmm. um, any any of. So all of the feelings of our interior landscape can only become something and can only benefit us and the world if they become actualized. If they become an experience. If they become an action. Uh, that's why they have to get out of our out of our head and heart and into the world through through our fingertips or what or whatever it is um i mean for me that's my artwork but for every four that's going to be a different whatever they're actualizing is a different thing right well Um, and and it also you know kind of going back to that generality for all of us that there's this dissatisfaction you can i would think you can i don't know if you want to share the story that you shared at number night that you have such a vivid inner world that mm-hmm. you imagine oh yeah no that I'll it share can it. feel it can feel like it's happening like it's happening and it's not happening and then so then to be able to put your finger on the dissatisfaction woo, and yeah. then if you're focused on what's missing what a no I'll, no I'll talk about that right? so because uh, Lee asked us during our number night if we had any uh examples of observing ourselves in our number and I said I have one I did it today and I was meditating with Nathaniel we were meditating to Sam Harris we we're just sitting on the porch meditating and while we were doing it I started um thinking of my friend Owsley who who kind of is the first person who really taught me a lot about meditation so while I'm meditating I'm thinking about the person who taught me about med- med- meditating and then I started imagining it, him coming over to visit me <laughs> <laughs> and then I started, which is um, all lovely. And, and then reasonable. I started imagining him in my guest room. And if he were here, would he meditate in the guest room, or would he meditate with me and Nathaniel? And if he meditated with me and Nathaniel, would it be uh, 
like a materialistic, uh, like looking at us meditating, or is there a way for us to do it together in a beautiful way that's not materialistic? And and then I started thinking, well, if there is a way that we could do it together beautifully and not materialistically, <laughs> what would that place look like? Which room in my house would it be? Would I have cushions? Would I have, uh, you know, what would be in the room? And then I and then at that point I'm like Elizabeth, you're not you're not <laughs> meditating, and so. I, I, I know, you know, of course, you know, you're supposed to let the flat, flat, hold, big thought, whatever decorated fantasy float down the river. But, but it was, it was an interesting catch because I realized that what I'm trying to do is have a meditation practice. Mm-hmm. And in the meditation practice, I'm sitting here having these internal fantasies, which, which take over uh, which I, you could say the mundane practice of what you're trying to do. Right, 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 right. And so that, then what happens when you allow yourself to continually doing that, you lose the satisfaction of the stamina of staying with the mundane. That's so good. And that happens And over to you time, all that's time. what takes you down. Yes. And yes. makes you feel shame and yes. makes you feel unaccomplished. Yeah. I mean, it's just a tiny example, and but we do it all the as time. As a four, that is happening all the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. And practicing catching yourself and being present and doing the mundane, mm-hmm. sitting on the porch. Yeah. You know. Just just sitting there. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, I just, that's a great, <laughs> it's just a great, it's a great example. Um, so... Um, it says, uh, the next line says, observe your wor- inner world for accuracy. So I think what you're saying there is that um, we get so lost up in there, we're not, we don't even know anymore. We don't have, we've lost perspective. Yeah. So I think that's true for all of us, right? Don't you think? I mean, it's definitely. Yeah, because how we have, I think because the lens we all have on reality is slanted to our inner life, inner life and our number right there's no there's no editor yeah and the disconnect um and you yours is just yours is just probably well it's obviously more decorated than no one has but it's it's uh more fantastical i would guess mm-hmm. a lot um either depth and like sadness as, or, as Suzanne would call it texture yeah, or texture <laughs> yes I think you you like to call it texture too well I, I mean it's yeah, good yeah that but I think that's for me. true that works for me so um marching orders for a four are um when you have a mood change interrupt that mood change or observe the mood change you know observe it and interrupt it I think that's mm-hmm. the, kind of the same thing but um and I think that's when you can tap into the doing and, and kind of catch the mood change and try to go do something instead mm-hmm. of ruminating. Um, have a mantra of think and do, think and do, think and do. Um, identify your gifts and just do them. Don't brag about them. Don't talk about them. Um, now, I think... Uh, I mean, I think that's a little tricky with the withdrawing because I think there's a part of me too that could just make art for the rest of my life and and get really in a bubble about it. And you know, there's there's a lot of mundane and sort of uh, practical parts of that 
a career that need to be dealt with that are not about bragging, but are about putting yourself out there. And so I don't want to, I don't want um, to give the wrong impression about that. Cause I think um, for me, I actually personally feel that I need to work harder at talking about what I do to people. Cause that's really hard, but um, it should only come after sustained doing like, really make like that you know it starts that starts to feel a little three but a four really really needs to make sure that any kind of anal over analysis talking about what you're doing comes after a, a long period of really um sustained and disciplined work yeah you know yeah um well and i think another way to say that is you're you are finding what's yours to do, mm-hmm. right? You could be distracted by a million different things, even ignoring your art. Right? right. You could, whatever you've decided will decorate your interior, wherever you, that leads you and that you think will be exceptional or more mm-hmm. textured. But you going to your studio regularly and just doing the work and sloshing through it mm-hmm. like there is something about that even though it's art even though it's that piece you're doing the mundane in it yes it's partly it's because it's yours to do yes right yes yeah mm-hmm. yeah um let's see uh eliminate if only thinking so you have to catch yourself that that's kind of back to ruminating Mm-hmm. And it's just about observe yourself when you're ruminating or observe yourself when you're imagining if things happened differently or went differently or you're, there's a little victim narrative where you were the one that got wronged or something. You try to catch yourself doing that. Is that kind of like a, if only I had or only if <laughs> that was my life or if only. Yeah. So a lot of that's the envy mm-hmm. piece um, mm-hmm. the, and that's so icky. And, um, so for me, I really have to put Instagram down for that because if I, if I, if I look at Instagram too much, I, there's a lot of, um, a lot of if only stuff going on for me. And that's super, not only does it bring up the shame and anxiety in me, but it, um, distracts me from, you know, what I was already on about. So, uh, and that muddle muddies the water further. So I think, yeah. Um, your if onlys can get so distracting because you can have so many of them Yeah, (laughs) that, um, you lose your place, you lose your place in the world, you lose your focus because you're grabbing so many if onlys because they all look like something you lost (laughs) and that's bad. That's it's. Well, it's a waste of time. And you can do that and you in know a what? heartbeat. I can do it in a heartbeat. And you know what else? It's like a, it's like a, it, it, it's safe for me to, it feels safe for me to do that. It yeah. feels safe for me to do, to grab all these if onlys that are distracting me from my purpose. And it's weird to me that that feels safe because it should actually feel really toxic and dangerous. But the reality is, is like, if I sit around and if only everything then I don't have to prove to myself that I might fail at what I actually want to do. So back to Mary Oliver, you don't have to be good. You just have to love what you love. Well, loving what you love means doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, and stop all the ruminating, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
risk being terrible at it. Right. You know, risk looking dumb doing it. So good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it says with another person, talk about your abandonment feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, if you don't deal with abandonment, the envy will never stand down. Um, I mean, I think it's important to talk about your abandonment, but I think it's also important to, to stop talking about your abandonment, you know, because that plays into the whole victim thing and it plays into ruminating and it plays into the ways in which we are wronged and it plays into our story of where, what we're, you know, it's just another way of having an if only being abandoned. Yeah. You know, that's a decision. I think obviously we, there is real abandonment in the world and I think it, if you've experienced that, yes, you need to process it. But then you have to move on. Yeah. Because you get to write your story. And the only way you can write your story out of abandonment is to do it. To do it. Yeah. 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 So talk about it for a minute. Um, and that's so different for every number. Like some other number would have a totally different thing on that. You know, feeling repressed people, like don't listen to what I'm saying right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah, right. don't talk, don't talk about the move. Feeling. Don't listen to me right now. Um, don't wait. Respond. Um, and again, like the aggressive stance, uh, theirs is the opposite. Mm-hmm. Don't respond. Wait. Re- withdrawing stance. Don't don't wait. Respond. Just do it. Yeah, just do it. So yeah. it's really different. You know, it's a really different message. Yeah. Um, Reframe negative thoughts about yourself and others. So again, that's just about turning around that that rumination, turning around seeing where things are lost. Ask for and consciously receive input from people who love you. Um, I think that fours have a way um, similar to a two of going after the one. So again, like or the I'm, many, yeah, or the many. It, it's a, it, the back to the dinner party where the one person didn't talk about my art. So. Because I'm focused on abandonment, because I'm a focused on self-exceptionalism, mm-hmm. I go after that one person. Um, not because I want her to need me as a two, but yeah. because I want... What? I don't even know what I want, honest. That's, I don't know what I want. But, but also, focusing on that one person who doesn't, ha- is not all about me, keeps me from doing as well because Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there trying different tap dances to see where I can get with this one person instead of investing in the people that are already there for me who are already saying yes and and kind of holding me to a higher place Mm -hmm. and saying no no I'm not going to listen to you talk about your mother one more time you're going to you know Finding those people who already love you where you are and sort of, uh, it's a way of taking on the responsibility of doing. So I think fours have a way of hanging out with people who don't love them well so that they don't, so they can continue not loving themselves well and not seeing what's theirs to do. And so like, wow, why don't you go hang out with someone who's just cool with you already so that you will just get on with it, you know? (laughs) That's, how about that? You know? How about it? How about that? Um, okay. And last, but certainly not least, pay attention to the mundane and average things you're avoid avoiding and just fucking do them. 
And then my, that's where I would put the period. Lee, Lee puts the period there, and maybe the period should stay there. But I said with the same exquisite attention that you give the things you deem unique or valuable. Now I know that's a lot of four hooey. I get it, but it's the it's like it's like. I, I see if I can even say what I'm trying to say here, but like in when I'm in the studio, I'm doing the the thing I think is unique, right? And I give it exquisite attention, and then it starts to become mundane, and you have to stick with it, right? Yeah. But the things that are always mundane for me, or always mundane for for like washing the dishes or whatever it is that's for you mundane, going to the post going office, the post office. Uh, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you can play a little backwards four trick where you're like, let's how 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 can this be gorgeous? But do you think you that don't, you th- do you think that just a gets bad? you back in the trap? I'm I just curious. When, well, for me, okay, I mean, part of it is like um, AA stuff, and it's like they're like make your bed, mm-hmm. do the dishes, da da da. So all the things that I got to do, I catch I catch myself having a negative take like I get out of bed and I have a negative thing about making the bed or negative thing about after dinner's over and I'm tired and I got to do the dishes um I feel deep satisfaction when I trick myself into doing it anyway and doing it with exquisite attention now I know that sounds Mm foray, but if I can trick myself into doing it just right then like don't waste a lot of time with all that but just make the bed and like be, I guess you could just say be really present to making the bed. Be really present to making the, doing yeah. the dishes. Yeah. And then you get to go have a bubble bath and snuggle. Right. But And you're going to feel good about the bubble bath and the snuggle because you did all the other stuff the work. really well and without procrastinating. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got. Well, so <laughs> just I think it might be helpful. You know, we've talked about how it's magic. And mm-hmm. can you think back to when we kind of learn this about ourselves and what you know maybe it's not at that time in space when we were apprentices but mm-hmm. can you talk about the difference that it's made for you as you've brought up doing like or give a couple of examples or just kind mm. of talk about how I mean how I just worked I just I, first of all, I don't think I was aware that I was doing repressed. Yeah. And I didn't aware I wasn't aware that it was a problem. And I think if you ask most people who know me well, they would say that I'm doing all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they would say that about you guys. Mm-hmm. But um, I think fours have a way of doing things with so much um, passion and texture, shall we say, uh, that people are tricked into thinking they're getting a lot done. You know, and mm-hmm. and we trick ourselves into thinking we're getting a lot done um, when the reality is, is we're just we're just decorating our inside castle and getting some things done. Yeah. You know, and um, and maybe- in a way it's about, you know, honestly, it's about really boundarying your feelings like. We're, fours are so they feel so entitled to their feelings. And so when I know that my medicine is to boundary my feelings and put like a big wall. Again, that's not that uh, aggressive. People don't listen like that. That seems so odd to me because I, I'm so, 
I believe so strongly that my feelings are exquisite or interesting. I'm so enamored of my own feelings mm-hmm. that I don't want to boundary them. But boundarying them is what gets me and gets me what I want um, yeah. because, because I'm doing, you know, I mean, all the things that I'm enamored with are not going, they're, they're useless unless I'm enacting them. And enacting my feelings that I like so much, that's, the, that's what's satisfying, is that you spend five months making a weird Venus painting. I mean, that, you know, I'm not going to make any money, but I'm sure satisfied. Yeah. 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 Don't say anything. <laughs> you said you might make money. Yeah, you no, I might. I'd like, I, but that's not, you know, right, what I'm saying. Right, right, you know, right. I like, I had, I had all these feelings about it, and I went out and I did them, and then when it got really hard, I just kept doing them. Yeah, and I don't know if that answers your question, but I, I think, I mean, I just think, I think it's helpful to kind of texture that because I, I do think looking at you, I'm looking at any of us, you would think, well. Everything's fine, but I I think part of it, we can describe it. This is, again, like Enneagram. Mm -hmm. You have to observe yourself and listen, and you might have to listen to lots of different teachers or hear it in a different way, or it has to hit you at the right time. And we can't even tell you what you're doing is. Like, we can tell fours that it's the mundane, that it's the everyday thing that you don't want to do, right? Because it kind of gets you out of yourself, right? It gets you going, but that could look different for all of you. It could look you know, different, it can, and it's and it's and um, we don't know your kind of what you're avoiding or what what you're holding back, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and I think uh, I think that all withdrawing numbers. What is it that we say that we don't feel that we can make a difference in the world? Yeah. All of us. And so I do think that. Um, I think that I have a lot of feelings about how I can maybe make a difference in the world, but my shame around that not being enough or uh, like it might fail or whatever keeps me from doing it properly. And so... um, because I'm trying to protect myself, but in trying to protect myself and not do those things that are the bi- the biggest things inside my heart, right? Then I disappoint myself further and further and further until you're just so far down, yeah, on it. And I think the part that we can't ex- like we can tell you this all day long, and if you're four it will probably not make sense until you do it. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. we can tell you all day long, if you don't want to go to the post office, or you or you know, you do, you just don't do the dishes, and you wish, you know, you play the victim because you mm-hmm. had dishes, or you, mm-hmm. what, what have you, whatever mm-hmm. your narrative is. Mm-hmm. It sounds kind of trite to say, hey, your work is actually in doing the dishes. Yeah. But that somehow there's magic in that, or the magic is in the mon- mundane kind of space is where it opens up Mm -hmm. it's hard to it's hard to explain that until you do it well i mean also i kind of want to say i mean it's it's not just the dishes it's not um so i think i think that the work is you know doing what is yours to do which is i think connected to the biggest thing in your heart that you're afraid of. Mm-hmm. And so what's yours to do is the biggest thing in your heart. The, the tr- 
where it gets hard is that you do that biggest thing in your heart all day. You go balls to the wall. You do it. You do it when mm-hmm. it gets tricky. And then you also go to the post office, do the dishes, make your bed, yeah. do dinner, and are nice to people. And that's not special. That's not like you don't get to, at the end of the day, pat yourself on the back and yeah. think you're awesome yeah. because you worked all day in the studio and did the, and you did the dishes without having a hissy fit. You just did them because that's what people do. Right? <laughs> yes. I mean, and that know. somehow makes you whole. Yes. Right? Yes. But that doing both. Doing both, all those things, all and it. not feeling exceptional or special about it. You, you can't you can't you can't get tricked there either you yeah. just do it and you, you you know you can feel satisfied but then you get up the next day and you do it again yeah 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 okay should we like move to fives okay fives um so fives are taking in reality with thinking and then they're having feelings about their thoughts and um i think you know one thing i want to say about that is that Having feelings about your thoughts do not uh, ever seem like feelings in any way. You know what I mean? Like, like I feel like fours can, I mean, and y'all call bullshit on me if you want to, but I think like I can um, think about my feelings, you know? And I feel like it's a you. I, one can observe a four having feelings and having thoughts. But I think... What confuses me about fives a little bit Mm -hmm. is they're doing repressed, right? And I always, sometimes it spits out of me that they're feeling repressed, right? And so I think because fives are so deeply, deeply, deeply in their head, and then they have feelings about their thoughts inside their head, Mm -hmm. and they are often withholding and hoarding those feelings about their thoughts, to observe a five having a feeling is just not something that really happens, you know? Yeah. And I think you could, I think that's specific to that number. So, yes, they're thinking and then they're feeling, but it almost feels like they're just thinking. Do you I, know what I mean? Because however their feelings are communicated is through their head. Cerebral or thought yes. language, right? So they so have even learning, kind of, feeling words, or right? Connecting. So mm-hmm. I, I think you know. I mean, I just wanted to say that because I think they're doing repressed. Yeah. Fives are doing repressed. They're in the withdrawing stance, but they also feel feeling repressed. feeling repressed. Yeah, okay. they're definitely disconnected. I feel like because it's inside them. Mm-hmm. So, and I think the minute you start putting reason and analysis onto feelings that the emotionality gets lost real fast, you know? Well, the emotionality doesn't make sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so fives observing where you naturally go in your personality. Um, fives naturally focus on what people want from them. So uh, it's important as a five to catch yourself when you're kind of focusing on that like what people want from you and seeing it as kind of threatening yeah um uh thinking about what it's going to cost you um that that people want things from you and um so that's something you just have to kind of observe in yourself and be aware of 
Also, fives uh, need observe when you are pulling away, withdrawing, withholding, hoarding, measuring. So that can be measuring your energy. It can be hoarding your energy. Uh, it could be hoarding literally your stuff. It could mm-hmm. be hoarding your ideas. Um, I think uh, it's hard for fives to observe themselves doing this because they're just really unaware that they're doing it. They're having lots of thoughts and ideas all the time. They're very interested in all the things that are in their head, and that's very Mm self-sustaining and feels like its own ecosystem. And so uh, they, I think they really believe they have shared it. Yeah. And they haven't. Mm -mm. Yeah. So you have to, it, I think it takes a, a lot of practice to catch yourself doing that and to, 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 you know, the antidote to that is just, you know, sharing, 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 abundance, 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 which mm-hmm. makes fives probably want to die. <laughs> um, so the other thing is energy meter ruling your life. So that's an, just kind of another way of saying that you're focused on what people want from you or what it's going to cost you. Yeah. Um, the I kind inter- like the, the measuring. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that's um, – I would think anytime they're measuring cost or measuring um, what the interaction is going to cost, mm-hmm. um, but that's a – should be a ding, ding, ding. Yeah, it should be a ding, like, ding, ding. Like, let's observe what's happening here, and, and can I respond in a different way? You know, yes. Is this, is this true? Is this true? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. So, um, marching Nathaniel, orders. Yeah, do you want to add yeah. anything to that? What else do you yeah, kind of yeah, look I mean, for I, in yourself? Um, I would say that, um, like, I don't think of it as measuring. Like, I'm not, I don't have a ruler in my head or a <laughs> gas tank in my head. <laughs> Um, I, I almost think of it more of, of oh, that that's going to be draining. <laughs> that encounter is going to be draining. Even if I like the person, right. you know, and I might um, be excited to see the person, but I'm thinking, oh, I'm just not up for that. Um, so that that's more how I think of it. You've also, you've, like it or not, been doing this work with us. And <laughs> 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 drag kicking and screaming. Uh, <laughs> have, like... Can you think of other things as you started observing yourself, as you realized you were a five, as you realized you were doing a repressed, the uh, kind of yeah, what, when say, you catch yourself, I guess. Yeah, um, I would. I, I, I think I would confuse um, gathering information or preparing for something for the actual doing of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a compulsive list maker, right? Mm-hmm. I feel that gives me a sense of accomplishment making lists, even though I'm not really doing what's on the list. Yeah. I'm just getting it organized in my head and on a piece of paper. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are some of the things that and sometimes I just have to say, fuck it to the list and right. just go out and do something and not worry about what I'm, you know, how I'm organizing it. And you, you can catch yourself when you start mm-hmm. kind of, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, I would say it, it's interesting because, you know, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm conflicted. One thing that being in isolation for the pandemic has made me realize is I'm embarrassingly um, uh, uh, cursed with FOMO, right? <laughs> Which you wouldn't think of a five, right? right? I think that's super unusual. Because I, I, I love hanging out at home yeah. and I'm perfectly content at home, but then I have this conflictual thing going on where I'm like, 
what am I missing? What's right. what's going on? And that's gone now. So that's been awesome. Um, <laughs> that's rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, it's surprising to me that you have that. Yeah. I think that's unusual for a five. Um, so um, one of the, the marching order for fives is to do something with your gift of neutrality. So fives have a kind of a natural gift of being neutral and detached because their emotions are not entangled with their mm-hmm. analysis and thoughts and ideas. And um, I think uh, Nathaniel got involved with uh, Midterms Matter last year when we were doing um, work for getting the two years ago. Oh, yes. Gosh, yeah. uh, getting the... Uh, our goal was to get the young vote out mm-hmm. in Texas because we have really abysmal numbers on that. And we were a nonpartisan organization trying to get the young vote out. And um, there was a lot of pressure for us to to, to not be new, a neutral organization. And Nathaniel really um, took the helm of being energized for that organization, but also with really um, explaining to people very beautifully how um, how it's the vote that matters for everybody and how the neutrality matters, how it's a bridge, mm-hmm. how it's the healing of our nation. And he became very expansive and very ambitious in all the activities and the things he organized and did for that and all the you know, activation at ACL and all the things we did, which was exhausting and extra on top of all of our jobs. So, um, I really, I just bring that up because I think it's an example of a five using their gift of neutrality. It was beautiful to watch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's important fives. Um, also self-reliance is your autopilot. And I think that, you feel, you know, your needs don't matter. You don't want your needs to matter. You don't feel like you have needs. You don't want to burden anyone with your needs. So there's a lot of pride around self-reliance. And you have to kind of catch yourself when you're like, I've got this. I've got this. I, I don't need to ask for help. And you have to almost make yourself. Mm-hmm. You almost have to like, it almost needs to be a mantra every day where you're like, I'm going to ask for help or I'm going to find someone to share this with and not do this alone. Yeah. Asking for help is super hard. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it's you kind of, the, it's the triple whammy, right? Cause we're in our head. Um, we asking for help is a loss of control. It, you're moving out of the information gathering. And also, I mean, it, there's an element of, um, of shame in saying that your needs matter because we're so intuitively inherently convinced that our needs don't matter. So yeah. when you go out there in the world and say my needs don't matter, that feels a little bit shameful to yeah. ask for that. Vulnerable. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Shameful, vulnerable. Um, mm-hmm. And, or I was thinking, you know, fives are so, you know, I got this. I know how to do this. I Competence. have made the list. I've done the research. I can take yeah. care of things. I can. Yeah, you know, I mean, one a, of our deepest fears is um, being or seeming incompetent. Yeah. Right? We hate that. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there is, it, not naturally for all of us, but for you all, there is something that feels incompetent about not being able to meet all of your own needs. Right, yeah. that's well Which said. Is, and I marvel at some of the more aggressive numbers. Like I have friends who are sevens, and I just marvel at their ability to just jump out there into the public arena and like with very little self consciousness. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, that's just. I, I mean, 
I, I can't imagine doing that. It's uh, pretty awesome to watch. Yeah. 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 Um, yes. And so I think that's a good segue into saying that um, scarcity is also uh, autopilot mode for five. And um, living in abundance creates a different expansive life the more you give the more you get so i think like observing those aggressive friends of yours and seeing them jump out there and how that's inspiring to you like because they are enacting the th- the very thing that is you, kind of your antidote your medicine is that there is no uh the the, the less you measure the energy you have and the more you put yourself out there and don't worry about your competence uh the more you energy you have, the more the bigger the world becomes, the more uh, uh, communicative, like the, the more people understand you and where you're coming from and can offer you uh, intimacy, but also just help and friendship and, you know. And you get to offer that. I yeah. Think. You know, that you offer the same things. You offer intimacy. You offer your curiosity mm-hmm. to the world. Um, I, th- I think that um, I think that there's something about competence and self-reliance. Like, that. I think that fives think that if they become vulnerable and have needs, that that will be burdensome mm-hmm. to the rest of us. And I want to go on the record as saying that their self-reliance is a burden to, to, for relationships. So fives, if they can hear me say that, that mm-hmm. your self-reliance actually burdens your relationships because people don't know where you are. They don't know where you're coming from. Uh, also, to be in relationship with a five who doesn't need things and is self-reliant, it's hard to know what you can give them. So the more the less self reliant a five becomes, the more the less I mean they're they're lightening the burden. Yeah. I mean there is no burden, you know. I'm not saying anything's a burden, but their their perception of burdensomeness is really We are strong. terrified of being a burden on others. Mm-hmm. I mean that's like a deep fear for a five. And I think it's over accentuated. And so I think it's really easy to sit here and get real passionate and jacked up about fours and all the kind of, I think for me, more obvious things we see, but like your, the way you perceive that burdensomeness is incorrect. It's not, it's not correct. The thing that is in my head and it's not, it's not exactly what I want to say, but there's like not a competent way to be a human. (laughs) That's awesome. It's not, I mean, there are obviously things that we want to be competent in and how we love each other and how we care for one another and how we, you know, all of those things. But it's all messy Whatever you've decided is a competent way to be a human doesn't exist, right? right? Um, Fire. That's so good, Lee. Yeah. And so just... Get out there like your seven friends. It's easier said than done. I mean, I've been paying attention a little bit lately to the kind of the things, the values that every number has and how we kind of have to just like look at them and go, is that really important? Like you've been saying a lot to me recently, like is um, peace actually that important? Right. Is it <laughs> you the know, best like, thing Why in the world? am I protecting 
that all the time. Right. And like, why are, why are fives? Is competency that important? Yeah. You know, the thing that, the value that each number is putting out there and trying so hard for actually is what gets in the way of their, the, their, their, full. their full humanity, their engagement in the world. And I would say that the reluctance to burden others actually, um, affects just day-to-day interactions mm-hmm. you know you feel that somebody has crossed a boundary and you don't draw the boundary because you don't want to burden them with your needs and also you don't want to put the energy into that and yeah. uh and so that interaction maybe doesn't go as well as it could have gone Ugh. um uh, yeah. <laughs> you just withdraw yes mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so do 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 Five. Do, do, do you do. want to tell us anything else? Any yeah. other stories or examples of when you thought you didn't have enough, but you did? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, I don't have one top of mind. I'm sure I'll think of one. But I mean, like, um, it's it's real obvious for me to think about um, getting out of my feelings and doing. So mm-hmm. what does it mean to get out of your head and do? I guess it just, you're not procrastinating. You're Don't worry about being awkward. Don't worry about seeming incompetent. Just mm-hmm. get out there and do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Do you and think do you playing feel, baseball up. has really has helped that? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. The first time um, when I was invited to come join this team and, and got out there in the field, and there was there were some people watching, and I felt really nervous. And I mm-hmm. thought for a second, well, that's strange. Why am I feeling nervous about this? I mean, this is fun. I feel like a kid. <laughs> and um, and it wasn't the performative aspect. You know, it wasn't this public. It was more. I was afraid that I was going to. Screw it up and yeah. be, be incompetent. Yeah. Um, that, that's what it was. Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, in the workplace, when I'm in these um, conference calls or meetings with executives at work, like, I have to just get okay with just blurting things out. Because, hey, that needs to be said, and nobody's raising that point. Right. And I have to stop thinking about how can I articulate it in this beautifully competent way. So I just have mm-hmm. to blurt it out, throw mm-hmm. it out there, and it's okay. Yeah, you can um, unpack it with yeah. everybody. Yeah, if you need yeah. to. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you, Nathaniel. Okay, nines. nines. Um, so we are tricky, and that we are doing dominant and doing repress, and so um, we are doing dominant in the fact that we're doing what doesn't necessarily need to be done you know it's just kind of whatever's in front of us or whatever we think will cause the least conflict or that we don't have to think about um different for all of us but it's not productive so what nines need to do what i what we need to do is observe ourselves and catch ourselves when you find um your attention just going straight to straight to other people's agendas and merging. So instead of instead of trying to think through what you want or if is this what you want or do you want to go along, that you just go right into it. That you you can't pause and 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 think about uh, what you want. Uh, watch when you're procrastinating. And Suzanne, mm-hmm. which I think is great, she says later is not a point in time. Uh, <laughs> and I would really like it to be in my head. It is. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> I am. Um, I like later is important time. <laughs> so, um, also for for me, I have to watch. It's it's going to feel very similar to a five, but I, I have to watch when I'm overly boundaried or overly measured. I mean, I, I was I even coming here 
you know, this right right at the beginning of this podcast, I'm I'm boundarying myself, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like watching that all the time, mm-hmm. right? And when it's holding me um, still, basically, yeah. or holding you back, or mm-hmm. um, trying to making me smaller. I mean, any, yeah. any there's lots of ways to talk about it, but we we're internally boundary, externally boundaried, and. And there is a measurement to how mm-hmm. much I'm going to put out there. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to give you this much because I think that might be enough for it to seem like I'm here, but yeah, it's yeah. not going to cause any conflict. It's not going to be too much. It's not going to, you know, whatever our litany is, mm-hmm. it's not going to disconnect us, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just kind of measure. So when, mm-hmm. when we find ourselves, and that's all the time. <laughs> right. So you have to... You know, you'll notice it in just different parts of your life. But when that's happening, it's time to do some work. And and I, you know, I think that's where fives and nines are similar, too. Mm-hmm. Because in the way that Nathaniel is not getting stuff out of his head because he doesn't want to burden people makes him, I think, not more burdensome, but less able to be in relationship, right? Yeah. And that's not his intention. And I think nines, with all of their boundaries around keeping the peace and not making waves mm-hmm. um we we're always slippery. we're always looking for you yeah. the rest the other numbers are looking for the nine yeah. and we want you and when you're over boundering we can't find you and honestly that causes resentment over time it causes real resentment because uh you're we want you and you're not giving us Given us, I don't mean you, obviously, but, and, um, I I think when a nine really realizes that, Mm -hmm. like talk about, talk about conflictual or non-peace, like it's the last thing they want is for us to not feel that they're with us, but, or that you know us or that, you know, yeah. Or that we know you who we actually are. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's so watch, watch that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, this one's pretty obvious when you numb out or go to sleep. I mean, that's been my constant battle in this pandemic and the quarantine, you know, that that I feel like I have permission to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's obvious that that's what I should should be just numbing out or going to sleep. Um, watch, watch out. Mm-hmm. That's a slippery slope for us. And then and I, so it's like numbing out. I mean, do you think it's just uh you're you're ti- you're tired. Yeah, I'm tired, and so for me, numbing out is all of those things we just previously listed. Mm-hmm. So I decide that I don't have any energy for anyone else. This is it's almost like a um, emerging for me. It would be emerging with my own comfort and what I've decided is comfortable and not conflictual. Right. right so right. and that's it's a it can be. I mean, name your poison today. It can be just watching binging on Netflix, which mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, not anything horrible with that. Right. But for me, not so good. It can be not doing my laundry, not mm-hmm. making my bed every day. Whatever it is that kind of keeps me engaged, that for whatever reason I've decided is conflictual, mm-hmm. um, having phone conversations, yes. you know, yes. connecting and saying this is hard or you know what yeah. have you my dad's a nine mm-hmm. and he and we are doing a nuclear family facetime every friday and so he was talking about the silver lining of covid and how we're mm-hmm. all doing these like these yeah. zooms and these facetimes and stuff 
and how he um, has got, he feels um, good about it because uh, all these relationships, which he didn't um, kind of uh, have the initiative to go after before are just kind of happening in this, in this kind of managed way, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And, you know, I think, I think he, he may trick have tricked himself into thinking that he was all along like like this is a new issue, right? Whereas all along throughout his life, there were opportunities where he could have engaged and yeah. stepped out into whether that means calling mm-hmm. someone who lives far away that you haven't talked to in a long time, or writing a letter, or uh, you know whatever it is, FaceTiming, kind of that. Uh, that vulnerable initiative yeah. for a connection yeah. that nines tend to forget. And um, well, I think every, like my brother on the FaceTime, he's like, well, you know, the rest of us, the rest of us were, <laughs> we weren't like, I, he's like, I, my brother was like, I'm not connecting with anyone right now that I wasn't already connected right, to. Right, right. Was his point. Yeah. 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 Well, and then finally, I've, I also have here just another way to kind of, look at your personality as your kind of favorite way to describe us is that we're aggressively harmonizing. Mm -hmm. So when I find myself um, kind of managing everyone else's piece (laughs) or the whole room's piece, then I need to, um, to, to recognize that and, and kind of look, look at that. And it's a, it's can be an aha for me. Um, I'm doing it all the time, but sometimes I, I'm aware of it. And I, I think it's funny with nines because y'all are so easy to be with and mm-hmm. so uh, peaceful and all these, you know, wonderful things. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you're so wonderful. You are. You are. <laughs> but I, I think, um, you know how like threes might be playing a, uh, an identity game with you and the, everybody knows it but them. Yeah. That, you know, that they think it's not obvious and yeah. or they're not even aware that they're doing it. But right. the rest of us are watching the three do it. Well, it's the same thing with the harmonizing. So everyone's watching the nine harmonize yeah and everyone knows that you're doing it and and so that's why i call it aggressive harmonizing because like we we were watching you do it and we don't you know and also the things that a nine think require harmony are not that's not the same for everyone else there's so many things that a nine feels are not harmonious that are fine and normal and regular for the rest of us. So y'all start harmonizing something that we don't even realize needs to be. Mm -hmm. And, and we're watching you do it. And again, that, that causes further disconnection from a nine's relationships in the world. Cause we, it starts to feel like, well, why am I going to invest in that person? If they're always, doing that you know how what are all what are the millions of things they're not willing to engage with me on right or have my back for or whatever you know yeah and I think you know part of recognizing that and part of bringing up doing is that when you're doing and just responding and putting yourself out there not not from your knee-jerk kind of nine way but doing uh productively you, you're kind of building those conflict muscles or you're, you, you kind of get used to the instability of not everyone being peaceful in the way you think it should be. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, you 
so you can stop aggressively harmonizing in mm-hmm. some ways, which is nice. <laughs> be very nice. Let others take care of that. So for for a nine, um, you know, I I was telling you the other day that this sounds so cheesy, but. For whatever reason, when Suzanne said, you know, it's like the Nike commercial, just do it, that that would be magic for me mm-hmm. is so strange. But that is, that's it. For I agree. It's just do it. Just do it already. Mm-hmm. And that is from listening to what I want. Just listen, <laughs> you know, and then do it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Do do who I am, basically, right? So whatever is, um, whatever that looks like. Um, so ways to develop that in ourselves are start saying what we want. So say it out loud. Say what you want. And, um, and don't you think that's hard? So hard. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, so uh, hard. Don't you think that a lot of times nines, when they're able to stop for a second and think about what they want or desire, it often is... It's something they've already merged with. Like it's a relationship they've already merged with, and yeah. so they identify what the partner wants. Yeah, and, and they can feel passive aggressive, and they and they're just like, "That's what I want." Mm-hmm. But it's like you have to go one or mm-hmm. however many more steps into what you want. Yeah, and, and it, it it is it's something deeper generally than what you thought was peaceful. Yeah, <laughs> or was the thing. Yeah. So whether it's relationship, whether it's this conflict-free zone, you know, go deeper. What, what, do, I, what do I want in this space? You know, mm-hmm. so we have to practice li- listening for that. So mm-hmm. what, and then saying it out loud, um, even to ourselves, quite honestly. So uh, this is a very Elizabeth sentence. Release, <laughs> repress fear, rage, and desire, which all <laughs> equal conflict for us. <laughs> so yes all of those things i think are part of what we want you know it's part yes. of getting in touch with who we are and they all i mean just saying those words feels conflictual to mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. um so to be able to say that uh and and release release that means that we're out in the world that we're doing um and then when i mentioned this when we start doing productively um that is when we start building our conflict muscles, right? So that's when we know that the world is not going to fall apart from our perceived uh, sense of conflict. Or and even if there is a ginormous conflict, right? and it is a conflict, yeah. and everybody knows it, guess yeah. what? The world still is okay. Right. You know, like, that. the only way to know that is to do yeah. and to build those muscles and then... The next time, mm-hmm. it's easier to move into that and to say what you want and um, know that even if it's awkward, even if everyone's not comfortable, even if I am not comfortable, I've got the muscles, I've got the, to, I can get through it, that mm-hmm. I can be present to that. So, and it's more than getting through it, don't you think? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think being present. Um, I mean, it may feel like getting through it, but then on the other side of it. I'm, I, you're, I'm always more whole. Yeah, for sure. Every time. Um, I mean, some conflicts, not so much. But. Well, I mean, I guess there's discernment there. <laughs> there I mean, it's, not like, it's right. not like we're telling I'm nines like a- to go run into every conflict. 
which they're not going to do anyway. But I mean, except in our car, they're the boundaries. I think there has to be discernment about your boundaries, right? So Mm -hmm. there's some, there's a, there's a lot of conflicts worth fighting for. Yeah. And there's a lot of small things that feel like conflict that are not conflicts that you just have to step into. And that are, that are, that can be big things. Yeah. That are not actually conflict, but that will make, that are making a choice. Yes. You know, and so Mm -hmm. anytime you make a choice, you're going to part the waters in some way. Yes. And that to learn that that's okay. And then in fact, that's what we want. You know, that's what we're after. That makes us feel like our presence matters mm-hmm. um, is, is the, the, the meat of it for me. Um, another thing for us, this is, I think, kind of similar to a five, kind of gathering all the information is, you know, not all things are equal. And this is, again, asking for what, learning to ask for what we want, that... Um, we, we we need to choose um, choose what we want to do and then do it. So not just to do the thing that's in front of us. Um, for me, I have to make a list, right? I have to keep a list going. And if I don't make a list, that's one of the things I've noticed, especially at work, when my list starts to trail off, I'm pretty discombobulated and it's because I'm doing what's in front of me. Because uh-huh. I have a pretty highly administrative job. And so... It doesn't always occur to me what's the most important thing unless I'm really on it, unless I'm really asking myself, what what do I do next? What is the most important thing? And keeping a list um, is super helpful for mm-hmm. me, just job-wise. And I think the same for my personal life, to keep, like, to hold my feet to the fire of what it is that I need to do, mm-hmm. um, to be really concrete about that. Because otherwise I will just do what's in front of me. Mm-hmm. And that's the unproductive doing, right? right? That's it. That's the, we are taking in the world through our gut, through our body and our doing. It's just not, it, we've set it up in a way that doesn't cause conflict. Right. It's just kind of like flitting around, just, right. you know, um, which is confusing. Right. I get it. Um, but nines, um, nines will know know what that is (laughs) so and finally i just have here and i think this is for probably for all of us actually is i I think nines have to move their bodies like somehow to be in touch primarily probably because we are in the gut center is that we can be so disconnected from who we are and so like i would even say dismissive of my body's experience Right, that I don't even, not even connected, just because I'm so used to making everything okay and harm harmonious, um, that I even do that within my body, Mm -hmm. and so it's really important part of part of staying connected to doing what I need to do is physical for me, like physical. for for me personally, part of that is like the the stamina. You know, knee jerk reaction all the time in the yoga studio is like, oh, I, I'm not gonna be able to do that. Like it's always in me. Like I don't have what it takes to do X Y Z. And so to reframe that to to push my body in a different way, like to be a little aggressive and wonder about like live 
live doing in my body in a physical, exertive kind of way. Is exertive a word? I like it. I'm making it. But to, to, to kind of do that, to kind of go somewhere where I don't think I can go physically mm-hmm. is really helpful for me. Um, That's great. It helps me stay connected. Mm-hmm. So, and it's always a, it's always a battle. Yeah. 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 And I think it's, I think it's true with drawing stances. There's mm-hmm. always somewhere that we're all being called to go that we don't think we can do. Can't mm-hmm. get, we can't go there mm-hmm. and we can. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks. That was a little long, but we hopefully it was worth it. But we're I've gonna... been trying to talk Scott into editing a lot of it out, you know, this whole time. <laughs> and we're going to, we're going to get this into every stance. We're excited. Yeah. All right, take care of yourself. You call and call my phone thinking I'm doing nothing better. I'm just waiting for it to stop so I can get back to it. How funny family is actually fucking as you in bits. Your mum has good genes but dads are ripped. Dance like no one is awkward. To music listen to lit. You'd worry less about what they thought if you knew how little they did. Onto better things, they fucking love all of the guessing. Someone just met your ex thinking they met someone special. The phone is ringing, the phone is ringing, can't use it till it stops. I moan and listen, the tone emits. The only man in black.